What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. You think we've gotten too radical with our message? Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know, Put them together. Yeah, that's right. For a Tuesday edition, J.J. Gotch is here, president of the Austin Gamblers. One of the uh, professional sports teams now in Austin, Texas. J.J. was also a part of bringing, as to my knowledge, the first professional team of any kind to Central Texas with the Round Rock Express in 1997 or 8 or 9. So we moved here and got here in August of 98, election in 98 to get the stadium passed. Construction of Dell Diamond started in 99, and we uh, had our inaugural season in 2000. Here's how long I've known J.J. Ty. When we were doing our show, Bucky and I, at the very beginning, the inception of the B&E show, from our old studios on South Lamar, right by uh, the Whole Foods there and uh, Waterloo Records, uh, between Whole Foods and Shoal Creek Saloon, uh, where we were, uh, old building there. And we, uh, I don't even think it's there any longer, is it? I don't know. But we... What do you know? Bucky and I are doing the show, and in walks young, handsome J.J. Gotch and young, handsome Reed Ryan, and they're telling us, we're bringing minor league baseball to Texas. And they're, what are you, about 25 years old at that point? <laughs> 27. Like, and we're like, I was like one years old at that point. I was, like, so. I was like, all right, sounds good. I love baseball. Let's talk about it. And, of course, Reed and you sold the concept and talked about the idea, and the next thing I know I'm doing, I'm doing remotes, doing peek at the park events out at the Dell Diamond, and it's just a hole in the ground. Hey, come on out and see the hole in the ground. They're building the stadium. <laughs> what got you involved with the Round Rock Express? Uh, so Reed and I played together. Uh, we played in the Jayhawk League in Topeka, Kansas, and then he talked me and three other guys into transferring to TCU our senior year. And then uh, we just became buds and, and stayed buds. And after our both of our brief uh, minor league careers, uh, uh, he said, "Hey, man, I want to stay involved in this and talk to Dad, and, and we're going to uh, we're going to purchase a minor league baseball team and move to Austin." And so this was in 97, and then uh, he started having those conversations, and then they purchased the Jackson Generals, the then AA affiliate of the uh, Astros in 98, kept them there for a couple years. But, yeah, we moved here in 98 and had to get an election passed up in Round Rock. Uh, And, um, yeah, so the rest was history and and spent about 24 years with the Ryans and here in in, uh, Central Texas with the Express, went down to Corpus for six years and got Whataburger Field built and started the the Corpus Christi Hooks. Yeah, JJ, JJ was the the tip of the spear there, getting that thing off the ground and done. And uh, that's a great place to go see a ball game. If you're ever down there for you know the Fourth of July weekend uh, on the coast, you know get over to Corpus and the Hook Hooks Field right there on the water. Great, kind of like Dell Diamond on the water, which is really cool. Um, which is which is a lot of fun. So, uh, and now he is the president of the Austin Gamblers. He made the leap last year uh, as the pro the, the PBR he went from an individual sport to a team sport with the first year last year and. Uh, uh, a new endeavor, and you talked about it was too good to pass up. You had almost 25 years with the Ryan family and learned a lot, and be around Nolan Ryan on a daily basis is pretty incredible and that whole family. But uh, you just said this was a, too good of an opportunity to pass. Yeah, there's not many times in your life when you get to wh- where we're at now or where I'm at when you're 50 and you get an opportunity to 
again, utilize everything you've learned in your life, not only all the good things, but the bad things, right? And <laughs> yeah. to make sure to try to not do them again. And so to, to be able to utilize all those things to not only launch a team in a franchise, what I've been very lucky to do a couple times at a league, you know, because when we started the Round Rock Express here in 2000 and the Hooks in Corpus in 2005, the Texas League had been around since the 1800s. Yeah. So to be able to to be at the front end and to launch a league at the same time was was really exciting. To be able to be one of the first sports tenants at the Moody Center, uh, you've been to some shows there. It's an amazing facility, uh, and and to be able to stay here and do it in Austin, um, and to bring another professional sports franchise here, a lot of different things came together. But it's been really exciting and, and exciting to have the opportunity for folks that live here to have another team to root for. Yep, and a lot changes, and now we have a, a professional soccer team with the Austin FC, and they're doing great, and uh, I know you root for them and their success as well. I love how the, 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 the pro teams will work with one another to help grow both, and do you, you foresee one day there's a, a major league team, baseball, basketball, football in, the, in Central Texas? Could you see that? I can. You can? I really can. <laughs> you know, it's uh, there's a couple different things, so it was always – there was always the the San Antonio to Austin Metroplex area, and how was that going to fit? And because before it was San Antonio had population, Austin had the corporate base, right? And that's one of the reasons that that everybody wants to come here is because you've got all these great companies here, technology companies, a lot of young folks that live here. But now, when you look at this, Aaron, when you and I were here, you know, twenty five years ago, you know, you're talking about what seven hundred fifty thousand people in the MSA. We're now at what two million? Yeah. So that's real numbers, and so I think at some point there will be in another another professional sports franchise here, probably not NFL, probably not NHL. So then it comes down to either MLB or the NBA. Agreed, agreed. And MLB would be pretty cool. I think it'd be really cool if Nolan Ryan were, were a part of it. That'd be awesome to bring a major league team to uh, to Central Texas. That would be awesome because they've done such a great job with the uh, the Round Rock Express. Uh, you know, one of these days. Let's go to the uh, update real quick. Then a very special guest telling a great story coming up. First, the news. Top Gun Equipment Rentals bring you the news. And yeah, the LSU Tigers and flipped the script last night in Omaha on the Florida Gators. They are the champions of college baseball 2023. A day after LSU gave up the most runs ever in a College World Series game in that 24-4 loss. And LSU cranked up their offense to claim their seventh national title as a program. Their first since 09. 18-4 was the final last night. They erupted for six runs in the top of the second. Uh, they added four more in the fourth and cruise from there. LSU women's coach Kim Mulkey was in attendance to see the Tigers become the first Division I school to win a baseball and basketball national championship in the same year. And what a culmination to a career for their center fielder Dylan Cruz becomes just the fourth college baseball player to win the Golden Spikes as the season's best player, the baseball Heisman, and win the national championship. Uh, batted 426 on the year. And now he's off to Major League Baseball. Will be a very high pick in the draft coming up in July. Uh, college basketball, another big addition for Rodney Terry and the Longhorns yesterday. Of course, the Longhorns lost their top two recruits for the high school class of 2023 to the pro ranks earlier this spring. Yesterday, the program announced the signing of combo guard Chris Johnson for the class of 2023. 6'4", 180, played at Fort Bend Elkins before transferring to Montverde Academy in Florida for his senior season. Originally committed to Kansas, but was released from that national letter of intent. Missouri City native rated as the 11th-ranked combo guard in the country, third-best recruit in the state of Texas, according to 24-7 Sports. He's coming to Texas as a true freshman this fall. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Get a free Hustler generator with purchase of select Hustler zero-turn mowers in stock till June 30th at Top Gun. Topgun.net. We'll shoot you straight. All right, uh, JJ, let's switch gears. We'll go back to the uh, – because the uh, bull riding and the PBR begins its season at the end of – 
this month or starting what uh, this coming weekend right? so july 24 25 no, next we, month. we go to the granddaddy of malls cheyenne wyoming and frontier days we've got uh, pbrs parked right in the middle of that event that is awesome and that's the neutral site event and then it's off to the to the individual cities in early august they'll be in austin 25 through 27 we'll pick up that conversation coming up now you can learn more about the pbr and its growth after one year but let's uh, i've been wanting to get omar Uresti on the show again to talk some golf and tell the story, because the last time, uh, J.J., we talked to Omar, it was a Wednesday morning. We were talking about the Live Tour and all that's gone on and the PGA merger. And, you know, Omar was with us and, you know, planning to play with his, his group out at Onion Creek that afternoon. You've been a member at Onion Creek mm-hmm. before. And uh, next thing you know, he's on the list and he's flying to Toronto to play in the Canadian Open. <laughs> Let's tell that story with... Uh, uh, Omar Uresti is on the Vaqueros Hotline, also helping with our tour of Central Texas golf courses, hoping to knock out two of those courses, or a couple of them this week, and, and soon you know, get those done. But uh, it's all brought to you by Callahan's General Store, as is Omar. Omar, how are you? I'm doing great. Good morning, you guys. How y'all doing? Doing good. Good to see you last evening and uh, hear the story. This is yep. so the life of a golfer. I mean, it's uh, as you said, when we talked that morning, I remember the next morning somebody texted me and said, man, it's cool to watch Omar follow Omar playing with Rory McIlroy and Justin Rose. I was like, what? Omar's playing? Like, we just talked to him yesterday. I feel terrible. I didn't know. But you didn't know you were playing until at what point on that Wednesday that you were going to be playing in the Canadian Open? Well, even on Wednesday, I didn't know. Um, you know, when we had talked on the radio in the morning, I, I had looked on our PGA Tour Links uh, website, and I was 10th alternate. And then I was got came out and went to Onion Creek and – was getting ready to warm up and it was around 10 30 and I happened to look and I was six alternate knowing like, Oh my, I better start making some phone calls. And there were a couple of guys there that were on, on the list ahead of me that I figured wouldn't be able to get there. So, um, I started making plans to go and talk to the tour and they're like, yeah, there's a couple of guys that are question marks and that won't, uh, be able to make it from where they're at. A couple of guys are double committed to a corn ferry event and to a, uh, champions tour event so i figured the mark hensby was on the committed to the champions tour event and i figured he'd stay out there because he won on that tour earlier this year and that was correct so i gradually kept moving up and next thing i knew i uh, i hit balls for about an hour came home started packing and i looked again and i was fourth alternate i was like all right you know and i had made a plane reservation so Around 145, I decided i was gonna make the trip up there either way whether i was getting closer or not and um, so, uh, by the time I took off, uh, or was taken off in Austin to go to Washington Dulles and make my connection, I was third alternate and I was like, okay. And the two guys ahead of me were JJ Henry, who was, had been in Dallas. He, he lives in Fort Worth. So he was watching his boy, his son play golf. And he was, he said uh, that he was only going to go if he ended up getting in the tournament by five or six o'clock and. And then you had Bo Van Pelt was at, the, at a Corn Ferry Tour event in South Carolina, and where he was was tough to plug, get out of. So, if, and that was the same thing with him. He was only going to go if he got in by five o'clock. So, turns out neither of them got in. I landed in Dulles. I'm, I look at my phone. I get a text that I'm first alternate. I was like, well, this was a good decision so far. <laughs> well, my flight's two hours delayed oh. out of Dulles. I end up. I was supposed to land at like 11:20. Didn't land till one o'clock get to my hotel at two i go to sleep at three wake up at five i'm at the course at 5 45 i had known that webb simpson was a question mark on whether he was going to play or not and i knew he teed off at 7 33 so i 
I eat breakfast and register, and then about five or ten after six, they come down to the locker room. I was just getting ready to do some stretching, and they tell me that uh, Webb has withdrawn, that I'm taking his place, and I see off at 733. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, uh, that's great. And so I stretch, get out, take a five-minute shuttle ride to the range, um, doing my extra other little stretching on the range, and one of the – Range guys comes up to me. He's like, "You excited about your pairing today?" And I'm like, "I don't even know who I'm playing with." And they're like, "He's like, you're playing with Rory and Justin Rose." And I just got, "Yeah, that's pretty cool." <laughs> yeah, know, and I played with them both before, so it wasn't uh, wasn't a huge awestruck moment for me, but it was it was still exciting, and we had a great time. I, I had a great time playing, and you know, I didn't play my best. Uh, I hit it really well the first day. I just didn't have uh, have the green speeds and not playing any practice rounds or being up there practicing, you know, before the tournament. So that was a little bit of a hindrance the first day. And then the second day, my uh, <laughs> my hips were a little bit tight after walking up and down those hills all the time and or all day. And I'm not quite used to walking that much anymore, um, being that I ride whenever I'm home and stuff. So the the hips just weren't working properly and i kept missing all my shots to the right so it was second day was a little frustrating in that aspect but i put it a little better i just you know didn't didn't score well well understandable to, to land in toronto and early in the morning hours and tee off the next you know six hours later with with rory and um you know that makes sense you didn't know the speed of the greens yet he played the course yet uh for the canadian open exactly. outside of toronto and uh uh, hit it good, but you know, obviously the timing of that, Omar. You're playing with Rory McIlroy, and that was obviously right after the merger was announced with Liv, and Rory was the centerpiece of that. Uh, how was that? I mean, what was his demeanor? How were the crowds uh, towards you guys and Rory? Because you not only were you playing with Rory, that was like ESPN Plus had you on their special featured groups that you could follow. Uh, so that was you went from not even knowing if you're going to play to playing in a, in a pretty big spotlight. Yeah, you know, they were great. Uh, the You know, Rory and Justin themselves are great guys, and I've known them for quite a while. And, and you know, I hardly ever see them anymore. But uh, especially when I see – I've seen Justin at tournaments, he's always, you know, just, you know, saying hi, Omar. We talked for a second. And then Rory, you know, has, I played with him in 2017 at the PGA Championship at Quail Hollow on Saturday. And, uh, you know, so he, and he's – surprisingly i'd met him you know years before when he was just getting out and he you know remembered my name so <laughs> that was kind of a good feeling but the cameras and everything the people the fans were great um had a lot of fun you know just up there up there playing but uh you know it was it was kind of cool there was a photographer there on the second day and um he he took some great photos and you know and uh, tagged me on instagram with him and so that was that was pretty cool, but uh, there was one little incident on that on the rowdy hole. I guess they call it the rink, where they have like uh, the hockey boards set up around the around the tee box, and all the fans, you know, they're on standing right on it uh, on the glass, so to say, or banging on it. Um, and it did uh, kind of affect me on the previous green. I had a, sh- a short putt, and they were going nuts, and we weren't even up there yet, and. You know, they were ready for Rory to get to the tee box, and they were, you know, singing and chanting. And, you know, so it distracted me a bit there. And then I get up to the tee box, and, you know, everything's fine. And I'm, I set up to it. I'm about to, to take it back. And this guy goes, I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the crowd, you know, most of the rest of the crowd booed that guy. And I, 
just turned around and I was like, really, man? I was like, I'm having a tough enough day as it is. But <laughs> we had, you know, but it was all right. I ended up hitting it on the green and two putting for par. So that was fine. But, uh, I remember seeing that uh, whole know, rowdy hole. Yeah, that, those are Canadian yeah. hockey fans too. I, I saw that. They that was yeah. rowdy, and uh, and there's Rory, uh, center of attention. Now you said uh, last night we talked that you had lunch with those guys afterwards, and obviously talked about the state of golf and live, and uh, you know Rory and Justin certainly in the middle of it. What were what were your takeaways from from those conversations? Yeah, we I ended up uh, having lunch with the with them and. Uh, Andrew Landry, who also lives here in Austin, and there were two other players, and I can't remember who they are right off. But uh, the discussion was uh, about to live some, and um, you know, and Rory was saying that uh, I guess Dunn and another gentleman had a meeting with the with the players board members and explained things and kind of sold it, and you know, it's just explained that it doesn't. It's not really supposed to affect the uh, the tours as how they're run and who runs the tours. You know, as far as the PGA and the DP. Um, so, you know, but it was just more of the business side of it, and where now the uh, PIF has uh, kind of first dibs, I guess, on investing into certain properties and stuff that the tour has, and and all that. So it'll help bring in more money. Um, you know, Rory was still, you know, still a little perturbed about it. And, uh, uh, you could see it, you know, in his face. And he actually said, he's like, yeah, I'm still pretty ticked off that all this happened and with all of us that stayed loyal and now this, but at the same time, you know, there's no, the tour wouldn't have been able to keep up with the PIF with the, uh, with their finances and the uh, law firms or all the uh, lawsuits that were going on. So, you know, it was almost a uh, had had to do deal, even though no one really wanted to do it. Uh, but I think it's going to be good in the long run. And at the end of the year, uh, Monahan, I believe, has the final say as what is whether the live tour lives or dies. Because um, now the PIF and the Prince are in where they want to be. They want to be in the golf business and in in uh, invested in golf and in that type of thing. You know, just they want to be in the golf world, and they are now. Yeah, live became an ends to a means, as we've talked about, and we'll see what uh, Jay Monahan does. Uh, hopefully he's doing well with his health as well. Hey, Omar, that's a great story, and uh, we appreciate it. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it close, obviously, the Open Championship coming up next month. And uh, good stuff, man. That is awesome. And what do you got this? Senior U.S. Open this week. Senior U.S. <laughs> Open. Now, you're not playing, right? I'm not playing, but, uh, you know, it should be exciting. It's up in Wisconsin. I believe at the American Club, um, you know, Steve Stricker's uh, hometown favorite, Jerry's, uh, oh gosh, um, Jerry Smith is also, um, you know, but uh, yeah, it should be, uh, it, it should be good, um, you know, to see what uh, transpires up there. My brother's up there caddying for uh, Anthony Rodriguez, who uh, qualified in at the same site that I've tried at. And um, I'm sorry, Jerry Kelly was who I meant. Uh, he's also from up there. But, uh, yeah, so my brother's going to be caddying for Anthony Rodriguez. And uh, it's his first, uh, might be his first uh, senior tour event, I believe. He just turned 50 not too long ago, and he uh, he qualified in. So this is going to be like his first big uh, senior event on the Champions Tour. And, see what he can do hopefully my brother can guide him around well <laughs> yeah your brother caddy on the tours as well good stuff omar you a crockett cougar a texas longhorn 
and uh, still a, a pro out there at Onion Creek. And uh, what a great story with Rory and Justin Rose in the Canadian Open. And, uh, of course, the Callahan's General Store Tour of Central Texas Golf Courses. We're adding two more. Hopefully get those knocked out here this week and uh, bring them to you as well. Omar, you also are going to the uh, the Firecracker Champions Dinner on Friday, I heard. That's pretty good. You won the Firecracker Open way back as a teenager. And I didn't know this. kind of like the Masters does. They have a Champions Dinner every year ahead of uh, the new event over the 4th of July. Yes, and actually this is the first year for it. So it's okay. uh, pretty exciting. Glad I'm, glad I'm in town uh, to be able to go and, be uh it'll be good to see some of the past champions and over the years because i i really don't know uh many of them um i knew a few from around my time and obviously ben crenshaw but uh hopefully he'll be there um but i just uh yeah so it'll be interesting to meet the guys i don't know if there'll be very many of us uh but it'll still be fun well, looking forward to that story as well and what comes from that. Thank you, uh, Omar. Always great and appreciate your help and uh, guiding us around on our tour of Se- Central Texas golf courses. It's been a lot of fun, and we'll keep doing it. All righty. Sounds good. We'll talk to you guys soon. Y'all take care. There's Omar Uresti uh, helping us there. And, uh, yeah, the, the Champions Center, the Firecracker Open there, t- uh, uh, J.J., at Lions Muni every year. They've been doing it for, gosh, ever and ever. And it's an open tournament, and um, Ben Crenshaw's won it. Omar won it when he was a kid. Growing up, and uh, gosh, I mean, they'll they'll play it again this week, this uh, Fourth of July weekend. And so now that the first, I didn't know that that was the first ever Champions Dinner they're having. That's pretty cool. Hydrate, hydrate, yeah, <laughs> uh, hydrate down there. Hey, we'll come back. Uh, JJ's here. We'll talk more PBR and college baseball coming off LSU's championship. Uh, the other top stories of the day looks like the New York Jets are going to be the Hard Knocks team on. Uh, on HBO with Aaron Rodgers. So how's that going to go? Could be a bit of a chilly reception from A-Rod. We'll have that conversation. Uh, a salacious gossip in the Blitz for the end of the hour. It's a busy Tuesday on b It's Bucky and Aaron. Appreciate Omar Uresti. He is Austin Golf. That's a great story. And, uh, J.J., you were saying that would be a cool documentary to follow the players on the uh, the waiting list to play in these tournaments, the alternates, as Omar had to make a call as the uh, the alternates dwindled down and get himself to Toronto, and all the next thing he's in the center of attention in the golf world. That's that's a cool story. I should have asked him who his caddy was. was oh, I, I know this. I talked to him last night. He, The club champion. The club, they gave him the club pro champion, whoever won their club championship. That's at, awesome. At that golf course, just because, you know. You know that helps. Course. Yeah, and he said, and, and Omar said he was great. Yeah. I just didn't putt good. I didn't know the green speed, and I couldn't trust it, but uh, the, he was awesome. Yeah, I don't know logistically how you do it, but could you imagine if if each week when the PGA Tour listed the alternates, they'd send a film crew, and just think if there was a film crew with Omar that morning when he was walking out to the Onion Creek range to hit a few balls and then follow him around back to the house as he's packing, then to the airport during the delay, gets to the airport, goes, wakes up, I mean, and then all the different sequences it's like, that oh, happen. you're playing with Rory and Justin Rose. I mean, have a day. <laughs> I, I, and I remember f- from my side when, when somebody texted us and said, yeah, Omar's playing this morning with Rose and, and McElroy. It's fun to watch it because I guess they were watching him on the ESPN Plus featured group app. And I was like, seriously? I, how, how did this happen? We just had him on the radio. I'm such a, uh, a goofball for not he – didn't, he didn't mention it to us that he's playing in this tournament, but obviously you now know that he didn't know until about uh, – 5.30 that morning that he was teeing off with Rory and Justin Rose, and uh, that's a cool story for sure. And cool stories like that can be seen on the ride on uh, Prime Video, which, of course, the ride is about the PBR year one. Uh, you'll see J.J. Gotch quite a bit in uh, when they do the Austin episodes and 
telling the story because you are the president of the Austin Gamblers. Just back from Brazil, I think that's cool. You guys had a, a team training camp because the league season starts at the end of next month in Cheyenne, Wyoming, but you got to get down to Brazil with the team and a uh, little team bonding, but also a little sightseeing. You've never been to Brazil. I actually had been in Brazil 20 years ago, oh, wow. um, but on, in a much different environment, much different trip, and so got to go to a different area, went to Sao Paulo, went to Rio, went to a little uh, town called Americana <clears throat> where the actual event was that uh, our team participated in. Yeah, it was just a great experience. Uh, you know, I, I think travel is one of the best educations that you can have as an adult or a kid. I was you know, fortunate to take my wife and my daughter. Uh, and it gave me personally a better appreciation for our Brazilian writers. You know, to be in a country where you don't either understand the language and or can't speak it. Uh, you know, some of our Brazilian writers are bilingual and can do and can speak English and Portuguese. But we've got a few that can't. They've just only been in America for a couple of years. And so gain and gain our pre- better appreciation uh, seeing different people and different cultures, and it was a great experience for our team. That's awesome. And as you told us earlier, that uh, I didn't know this, that half, what, half the best bull riders in the world come from Brazil? Yeah. So at least for the last five years, 50% uh, of the best bull riders uh, at the end of the year are generally from Brazil. I mean, half of the top 10, the last uh, four uh, PBR world champions, or four of the last five are from Brazil. Uh, it's it's amazing, and and to go down there and see the excitement that they have for this sport, it's you you uh, understand it pretty quickly how it happens. You think it's all soccer down there, but uh, it's it's bull riding too, um, which is pretty cool. It's interesting, right? So you got soccer, UFC, and bull riding. <laughs> That's it. I'm sure you got some good meat while you're down there too. That's pretty much all you eat when you're down there. <laughs> is that I right? mean, it's meat, meat, and more meat, like buffet style. I mean, it's picanha. The carnivore it, diet. It, no, I mean we went to some we went to some legit churrascaras, right? I mean we went to some legit fogo de chows. <laughs> that sounds great. And uh, you know, real quick before we get back to some baseball and the other top stories, what's from the business perspective? You're the president of a, of a professional team, right? You guys have started your own league. Um, you know, you've taken an individual sport like bull riding and made it a pro sport. Parallels to golf. I mean, how do you? What's your read on this whole live situation with the PGA Tour and and just from a, from an administrators and a businessman side of thing? You know, I I think at the end of the day, I think the PGA Tour and I think Omar mentioned this a little bit. Their hands were tied. Yeah. You know, to a certain extent, it was. Did they want to do it? No. They you know they had to do it. But I think. Again, knowing as, as much as I know, which is just what I've read like everybody else, you know, it sounds like at the end of the day, everybody got what they want. So the PGA Tour now controls golf again. The players are going to get paid more, and the PIF get to be involved in golf yeah. and be a legitimate and actually be involved in, in, in the PGA. And so I think everybody ended up getting what they want. And, you know, I think in life, that's we've all been in relationships. We've both been married for a long time. Uh, you understand there should be compromise. It's not necessarily what you want to do or what your wife wants to do, but what works out best for both of y'all. And so, again, knowing only what I've read and, and what I've heard, it sounds like, uh, again, it wasn't uh, something that they wanted to do, something they had to do. But, again, you know, PGA Tour gets to be in control again. Players are going to get paid more money, and PIF gets to be involved. Yeah. Uh, and it looks like they'll all be back together, as Rory McIlroy said to Omar Uresti, that uh, he's been told that uh, Jay Monahan will get to decide if the uh, the Live Tour moves forward after this year, uh, and most people think he's not going to let it live and bring everybody back, and uh, whatever the penalties will be for the players that left, that still is yet to be determined. Now, look, uh, you know, Senator Richard Blumenthal and uh, Senators Ron Johnson, uh, they're going to have uh, representatives from the PGA Tour, Live Golf, and the Saudi Public Fund 
uh, in D.C. coming up in July for a hearing. You know, feds are going to get behind this thing, look at the books and see where it's at. But it does seem like it's a you know, pretty simple deal. Live Golf, you know, the Saudi fund wanted to be invested in the PGA Tour and golf before. PGA Tour said, no, we don't need your money. Uh, we're fine. And obviously this was the, you know, the means to get what they wanted, which was to be involved in golf and really own golf, which they do now. Uh, whether that's a good thing or a bad, we will see. Uh, okay, so JJ is here. Yeah, and I, I think it is interesting that you have you you're part of the, a startup league that is taking a, an individual sport, making it a team sport, like Liv was trying to do. We know that may go away, and so far the uh, the results have been really good. You mentioned the riders have more financial security now; they're part of a team, not just individuals. Kind of like Omar, right? If Omar, the problem for Omar, right? I mean, the, remember with Omar Uresti going to the Canadian Open? That was not a PGA Tour event. That was a, a Canadian Open. That was a, an open event put on by um, you know folks in Canada. So that's how he got in. Well, you know, he flew up there. He stayed in a hotel. He didn't make the cut. You know, that's on him. I mean, that really is. I mean, he's got sponsors and he's got some in- income coming in. But that's how bull riding used to be. I mean, you spend all the money. You, you get there. You have a great time with Rory and Justin Rose. But at the end of the day, you didn't play into the weekend. So you don't come on with a paycheck. No, you lose money. Uh, yeah. So in that aspect, the team sport has been has been a, a, a success. Uh, and then just from a promotional and marketing standpoint, Aaron, and now that there's eight different markets, uh, you know, in addition to Austin, there's Phoenix, Oklahoma City, Kansas City, Nashville, Carolina, um, you know, big organizations, Bass Pro Shops owns the team in, in Missouri, RCR Racing, which is Richard Childress, which is, you know, Dale Earn, you know who owned Dale Earnhardt's car. They're all pushing the sports. So now you've got these eight independent teams, eight independent markets now all pushing and elevating the sport. Um, with deep pockets, it with deep like. pockets, yes. with deep pockets, and and we're expanding. And so right now, uh, we're, we've got eight teams in 2024. We're going to go to 10, and then the more than likely be another expansion in 2026 when we have a new TV media rights deal. So this thing's this is the future of, of bull riding and uh, the team side of it. There'll still be individual competitions to some level, but I think this is where you're going to see the sport go. Well, and I think, you know, I've been pretty adamant on my positions with the PGA Tour and Live Golf. You know, I do agree with those who say that the PGA Tour had started to guarantee some appearance fees and started to do some things for the players. You know, the Live Golf thing wouldn't have worked. I mean, it would have never become the wedge that it was, and the PGA Tour was slow to react on those things. I agree with that uh, because, you know, it really shouldn't. Uh, if you're one of the best players, you, you shouldn't be having to pay your own way, right? You're the one turning on TV sets. You're selling tickets. Uh, you can understand even an individual player saying, no, I should. I'm Rory McIlroy. If I don't make the cut, I should still get an appearance fee for being here. And you know, a guy like Omar, some security for players. I think that's what they've asked for. That's why even guys, having talked personally to Omar, he wasn't a fan of the live thing, but he liked the idea that this could drive salaries up. This could really push the envelope and force the PGA Tour to do things that we've been needing them to do for a long time. Well, and from the team side, and, and as we talk about golf. Live is not the only team competition that's out there right now. You've got the TGL coming up, which is the golf league, which is kind of the interactive AI meets real golf into a like a it's the Tiger Rory deal, right? Exactly. And so you know there there's some involvement there, and there there's already been team two teams that have been sold into this. Serena uh, Williams bought a team, I believe. Correct. And then um, there was just a, an announcement yesterday of another um, oh the Fenway Sports Group who owns the Red Sox. They just purchased the team. So there's going to be teams and individual markets being represented. There will be a team in Texas, I can tell you that. Uh, I already I, I do know that. There will so be a team in Texas. So that, that league you're talking about, it's not even like real golf. It's like it's, it's indoor simulated. It, it, it's, like a, it's like a simulator in a, mini, in a small stadium. So think about going to ACL Theater, uh-huh. uh, the Moody Theater, and instead of the, you know, the ACL 
typical city limits backdrop. Think about a golf, a big golf simulator. Guys hitting into that, and then they're actually being an interactive green that guys are able to put on once they get to the thing. And you're going to have fans in there cheering and, and all those different things. Okay. It's going to be about a 3,000-seat venue. All the games will be played, I think, in West Palm is where this facility is going to be. So there will be teams that, geographically in different areas representing different markets, but all the games initially will be at this facility in West Palm. Cool. West Palm Beach. I'm, I'm sure there's been, that would be a great – there's a lot of streaming. The things you could do with that streaming-wise is – and that's Probably the it, biggest point. They're trying no. to they're trying to gain a younger audience. Yeah, like kids no. who've grown up playing video games. Hop on, tw- yeah, like little kids. I, I yeah. can I could never see a kid like when I was a kid. My dad was watching golf. My grandparents were watching golf. I was like, ah, uh, you know, that's not that's really. Well, I had is, to get into it. And this is Rory and uh, and Tiger Woods. I mean, they're really pushing this. And you know, while Liv was coming online, they were putting this together. And, and I remember one headline saying like it's it's Monday night golf, like Monday night football meets golf, and it's going to be shorter. It's not going to last four rounds. It's not going to last. Uh, all afternoon it's going to be a shorter event and it's you're trying to open the game of golf and the the to to, to a younger player younger people who this is this is how they operate right uh, you, you know when you were still at the round rock express at the dell diamond they brought what was it the home run what was the home run home run dugout home run dugout where you could you know blast home runs i mean there's so much interactive going on to the to improve the fan experience this is kind of golf's answer now this isn't recreational like top golf this is they're going to have teams. Yeah, these they're going to have teams of three guys. So it'll be the three golfers for each team. So there'll be a team from Texas. There'll be a team from L.A. They'll, you know, all the probably major markets will be represented in some way, shape, or form. Three guys competing. There'll be a captain. You know, I, I don't anticipate you're going to see Tiger and Rory actually playing. They're going to probably be team captains or whatever that is. But, yeah, it'll be interesting because the second part of that is, is that you're already hearing golfers like a Jordan Spieth already talking about, you know, load management, you know, stealing a term from the NBA, like, the, how compressed that golf schedule has got, how many of the big-name players are now going to want to fly Sunday night down to Florida to then play again on Monday and then have to get on another plane to fly to the Pro-Am for the next event? Well, I'll be interested to see as this live, the, the PGA Tour takes back control of golf, do they lessen that? Because let's remember, when they were trying to compete with the PIF and they they had to do these you know dedicated events and they needed the best players to guarantee they were going to be there so it made it a very busy schedule i think if pj tour collapses live brings everybody back together i think that they'll 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 give some guarantees because now they have the pf pif money and they can guarantee you know appearance fees they can they can uh, you know use that fund whether it's you know dirty money or not or money they should be taking or not it's going to be there and the players it'll trickle to the players which I think for a guy like Jordan Spieth can actually lessen his schedule and lessen how many tournaments he needs to commit to. That was their way of trying to compete with Liv and fight off Liv. They're not going to have to worry about that. Well, there should be a correlation between like your world ranking and what your appearance fee is. Oh, agreed, mind. 100%. There's that. They already started that. That's what the, uh, the – there's already a program there that the player that generates the most social media buzz, the player that generates the most TV ratings and ticket sales, he gets a bonus at the end of the year. Tiger Woods won it last year, and he didn't even play in a tournament. <laughs> he didn't play it, but he got like twenty million bucks just to do it. Uh, this says, guys, do the team bull riders also compete on the PRCA? Uh, some do, not a lot, just because again <laughs> workload. Because typically all these events are on the weekend. There are a couple of guys um, last year. There's a couple of guys I know this year that are on the PRCA that will be fighting for a chance to go to the NFR in Vegas on that side. Uh, a guy named Josh Frost, a guy named Sage Kimsey, both top five riders in the PRCA. They are now coming over to the PBR Team Series this year. Um, so it'll be interesting to kind of see how, how they manage both of those schedules. So the answer is yes, but not a lot. It's just 
uh, it's difficult to do both and to be able to qualify for both of those and to get to championships. Right. Could you do a deal like in golf where some of these got like the live golfers they play in like the majors on the tour? Are there like are there? I heard you, you talking about this with you, uh, on the on the ride that yeah, it's so difficult. You can, but one of the issues, and quite honestly, so when we were going into the draft this year, Josh Frost, one of the guys we just talked about, you know, he's he's got a lifelong goal of winning a gold buckle in the NFR, which is which is part of the PRCA circuit. That's the finals, and so he he was very upfront with all the teams. When we were having our interviews, he was saying, listen, I can guarantee you I'm going to go to eight events, but there's two events I probably can't go to because they're big PRCA events, win a lot of money, and can help me try to win a gold buckle. So if you draft me, you just know I'm only going to be able to go to eight. And so for me, one, it didn't matter for us because we weren't going to be high enough in the draft, but that wasn't somebody that I would take, not because I don't like Josh or not because I don't think he's good, but I just can't look at the rest of my guys in my locker room and say, hey, you have to go to all 10, but this guy can go to eight. Uh, it's, it's, we, we took a long time to try to build team culture in a sport that had never been a team, and I didn't want to unravel that. And so I think some teams, and well, actually one team did, Carolina. Um, so it's interesting to see how that's all going to work out. J.J. Gotch hanging with us. He'll be here with us till about 9.30. We'll talk uh, college baseball coming up. You'll hear from the head coach of the victorious LSU Tigers, Jay Johnson. Two years in, he's got a championship. He said he would only take the LSU job. He also said Dylan Cruz being a freshman center fielder was a big part of the reason he took the job. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, coming up also after the top of the hour. Other big stories of the day. Coming next, though, load up the blitz. J.J. Gotch here, Ty Henderson. Uh, bring it strong, 447-3776. First, Craig Way. Where you get that from? Did someone tell you that? Did someone tell you that? Because I ain't for no games, okay? It is uh, Salacious Gossip brought to you by the Icy Cold Bud Lights and our friends at Brown Distributing. It is uh, the official domestic beer partner of your Longhorns, the Texas X's and Texas OU game, but also fun in summertime in Austin, Texas. And there are plenty of opportunities. If you're heading to the coast, headed to the water, floating down a river, do it with an ice-cold Bud Light. It's hot enough. You're going to want to. You're just getting out to the swimming pool. Whatever you're doing, do it with the ice-cold Bud Lights all summer long. Get those Coke Fest tickets as well. K-O-K-E Fest coming first weekend of August. Great lineup. My good buddy William Clark Green, one of my favorites, will be there. Whiskey Myers, John Party, and many, many more right there in Hutto, Texas, along Brushy Creek. K-O-K-E-Fest.com. All right. Uh, I didn't know this, but... Uh, Apparently, Ty, Ty and uh, JJ, there are some claiming that department stores like TJ Maxx and Target have a laxative effect on people. Like there's a conversation going on that people go to these stores and suddenly they need to go number two. I The only time I go into those stores is to take a number is that two, right? probably. I mean, I've, when's the last time I've... I probably last time I had to go into a TJ Maxx, I, <laughs> Max, I just had to take a dump and go in there. Like I'm never buying anything in TJ Maxx. You just went straight to the. I to can't the remember can. the last time I went anywhere to buy like to a department store to buy anything. How do you buy clothes? Online or just, just my mom. mom my buys mom buys them for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I, I don't add many uh, clothing articles into the rotation very often. So uh, and the people uh, that are going viral with this thing say it's not just uh, TikTok or not just um, TJ Maxx. It's Target, Ross, Barnes and Noble, Macy's, Home Goods, and Michaels, and they're trying to figure out what they're pumping so into saying, these places like, that create laxative effects. Something in the air. Something in the air. You know, in casinos, they pump in that fresh oxygen and keep you keep you up all night. I don't know. Is it like a, a smell of coffee and cigarettes? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, some argue that the medical experts are saying it's probably the adrenaline rush of being in their favorite stores and they're going to buy something because, you know, a lot of women get like a shopping high, you know, they, that helps them have their well, day. 
that says Hobby Lobby makes me go, you're in the Hob Lob, huh? <laughs> See how that could work. Come on now. The, the Hobby Lobby bathrooms can't be, can't well, be nice. Well, I mean, I'm going to tell you all as you load up the Blitz at 447-3776, you should follow the lead of the Buck because Buck was the one who would do the pregame show on Schultz Garden or, or Bebo Boulevard, and he'd always be done with it. He'd had enough coffee during the three-hour pregame that he had to, to go. He would park his car out front of the W Hotel, walk in and use those like those beautiful isolated bathrooms. He'd do his thing. He'd come out and give the guy 10 bucks or 5 bucks at the uh, – he didn't even let him park his car. He said, I'll be back in five minutes. And he would do his thing. So Bucky does the old hotel thing. That's a pro move right there. It's a pro move. That's Hotels, pro. Hotel lobby, that's pro. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, that can be tough. If you just got to go, you got to go. So you actually go into department stores to do this. This is not something that, that is but, not foreign to you. Yeah, I mean – it's not like a regular occurrence, but I, yeah, I can think of a time or two where I've, you know, got to pull over real quick and make a play. <laughs> and there's a TJ Maxx right over yeah, there. Yeah, sure. A Ross, dress for less, you know. Oh, that's too much. That is too good. Uh, so in my 20s, I would get the need the minute I walked into Best Buy. Oh, see, electronics. For me, I'm not going to lie. It's usually like you go to pregame and going downtown to West Six or something, and I get down there, and it's like the immediate... I'm like, well, now I gotta take a, a no stall dump in this bar. <laughs> so I gotta find a CVS. Like a little Woodrow's. Well, you open that of... door and it's just your your open. You get this, the whole bar gets a show, to say the least. <laughs> well, and don't they say that uh, like downtown, a lot of the the non bars won't let you in, right? They, they don't want the homeless coming in, and going in the bathroom too, so they don't let anybody use the restrooms. But a like, lot of those bars don't even have like toilets. It's just <laughs> it's just troughs. Is there a hole in the ground? Yeah. Do your thing. All right, let's go to your blitz. The Bucky and E Blitz. The morning blitz brought to you by Apple Leasing, where you only have to pay for the new half of the car or truck, the half under factory warranty, and any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and see how easy it is. Absolutely. Somebody says Maudie's for me for that. I go to Maudie's and then got to go. Well, Don't disrespect Maudie's like that. I love me some Maudie's. That, that is great stuff. Uh, first blitzer on a Tuesday. You're up. Hey, for them Texas football players to take a uh, picture with that bull, they had to have a physical to be on the team. That bull nor that cowboy takes a physical. They look at each other, and they want to know who's got the biggest balls in cow <laughs> That was when you brought the UT offensive line over to Schultz Garden to yep. compare the bulls. Uh, how'd those guys like that? They loved it. it. It was interesting seeing guys that were 6'6", 350 pounds, scared of something. <laughs> Next blitzer, you're up. Hi, I'm questioning your choices. I don't know about department stores. The places to go are the hotels, and there's no hotels around. Go to the apartment complexes. Best Ooh. bathrooms ever in silence. Well, like where you would go to rent the apartment and talk to the uh, like the leasing office. Leasing office. <laughs> what? I like that idea. See, we learn stuff. Next. I used to work at a leasing office. Now I know that you're that kind of guy. Thank well, you. Well, you know, I'm not wanting an apartment, but I got to go. Next blitzer, you're up. Hey. Yes, sir. Hey, it's a Chepito, man. I was gone on vacation. That's what we'll call it, vacation. Hey, I've got just in time for football season, and I'm ready to drink on the, the 40 acres. Go horn. Yeah, Chepito. Good job right there. Uh, Blitzer on a Tuesday. Let's go. Good boy, gentlemen. I'm calling to ask, can you give me the directions to Highland Mall? I need to go shop at Foley's or Mervyn's. <laughs> oh! Shut it down! Let's go! couple of stores I haven't thought of in a long time. We used to go to Mervyn's all the time. Mervyn's. Also, yeah, jo- uh, 
what did he say? He said uh, Foley's. We used to have a Foley's at the Willowbrook Mall near where I grew up. And a Joskies. You ever go to a Joskies? Yeah, that's old school. No. Throwback. Yeah. Mervin's, Joskies, and uh, Foley's. Spencer's Gifts and Hot Topic for my malls. <laughs> Spencer's. It's my mall, my mall destination. What were you buying there? Paraphernalia? More just looking around. Yeah, exactly. Learning. Uh, one more hour to go. JJ's.